Hey, you, I'm talking to you. Hey, you're supposed to give me some pee-pee. Listen, I've had it with you. You better give me that pee-pee. Give it to me. Or the next time you sit at me, I'm going to bite off your tushy. Yes, yes. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Holy crap. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And we're keeping it fun and funky this week by talking about toilet ghosts. Yeah, two weeks in a row, Kristen and I are making it our goal, our life's work, to keep things as light and breezy as is humanly possible. That's right. So brace yourselves. We're going for another around the world, another sampler platter of a bunch of little topics, this time all focused on that spookiest of rooms, the bathroom. That's right. It's a more. No, go ahead. I was going to say more specifically, (laughs) and the comfiest seat in your house, the toilet. (laughs) It's true. I mean, hopefully for all of us, we're taking a spin around the bowl, taking a dunk into this new world. Oh, my God. There's a decent chance that there are some people out there that are in the bathroom right now listening. Oh, my God. You're totally welcome. 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 Yeah, this is for you. We welcome you. Before we get started, if you're not familiar with Guide to the Unknown, this is a, a podcast that comes out every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Pocket Casts, everywhere you'd imagine. There's a YouTube version that you can watch. Uh, Kristen and I are a sibling duo. We talk about horror topics in our own laid-back way. Uh, so you can keep up with Guide to the Unknown by following at GTTUPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have a Patreon set up on patreon.com slash Pod, where you can back us to get additional material if you join our Netherworld Warrior level. We've even got merch. If you go to tpublic.com slash user slash Pod, you can be sipping your juice out of a mug. You can be wearing our logo right on your shirts. Um, you can be sleeping on a Guide to the Unknown pillow. Yeah, rest your weary head. We're there for you. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> I feel like a used car salesman or something. No, we just got to let people know. Anyway. You got to know. All right, let's get into it. Yes. So um, the reason that we are talking about toilet monsters this week on the show is because earlier this week, this caught my eye in a big bad way, there was an article on dreadcentral.com. This is an article written by Josh Milliken, and it was titled, The First Urban Legend About a Toilet Monster was written in the second century. Yeah, this goes way back, all the way to the top. It caught my eye. It was shining on my computer screen. I Before I even knew it, I had clicked on it. It's priority. It's funny. The way that the, the, the headline is written almost implies that we're always trying to track down the origin of toilet urban legends. Yeah, we found it. It turns out that it was in the second century. Ladies and gentlemen. There have been archaeologists (laughs) dusting off things, and finally they found a toilet horror story or whatever you said. Exactly. I don't know what else is going on in the world. I don't know what other headlines people should be paying attention to, but this is a special alert bulletin that should have taken over every news channel. This just in. Absolutely. We found the earliest urban legend about a toilet monster. (laughs) So here's the report. The very first example of a horror story written about a toilet was written by the Greek historian Aelian in Hmm. 175 AD. So Aelian wrote a book called On the Characteristics of Animals, which contains the tale of an Italian merchant in a port city. I'm going to read some of this. This is ancient. Okay. The actual text. Indeed, I hear of an octopus. In Italy, whose body was swollen and which came to despise and to disdain food from the sea and its pasture. Then it approached land and plundered food also from dry land. 
Accordingly, through a certain hidden sewer that discharged the refuse of the aforementioned city into the sea, it swam up to a house lying by the sea where Iberian merchants stored their cargo, pickled fish from that region in stout vessels. Did this all not agree with the octopus? Is that where we're going? Oh, it heavily agreed with the octopus, actually. Okay, because I was thinking that like the octopus is used to eating from the sea constantly. This now was, it's eating land food. This became the octopus's garden. <laughs> oh, how it dined. Okay, I thought we were getting to the toilet because the octopus didn't feel good. The bathroom became the octopus's salad bar when you're here, <laughs> oh. your family. Oh, God. Anyway. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the octopus is salad bar. When you're here, you're family. Well, there's. I assume there's uh, a salad bar at Olive Garden. I don't think so. That makes it sound like you think that there's a restaurant called Salad Bar that when you're here, your family is the motto for. I haven't been outside in a while. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so it threw its tentacles and gripped the earthenware so that the vessels were broken and consumed the pickled fish. I'll put the rest a bit more simply. The merchant in the morning went to the bathroom and saw that his jars of pickled fish were all muffed up. <laughs> it was like Were they in the bathroom? <laughs> Evidently, maybe that's how you pickle the fish. <laughs> yeah, oh god. So, uh he noted that the doors were free of tampering, the roof was undamaged, and the walls had not been dug through. Meaning hmm. that this might also be one of the earliest locked room mysteries. Oh my god! Right? It's the well, I'm same glad format. that they emphasized the toilet thing over locked room mystery because it wouldn't have caught your eye quite the same way. You're absolutely correct. But locked room mysteries were like somebody has died in a room that was inaccessible. How did anybody right. possibly get into this room? The doors were locked. The windows aren't broken. How did somebody eat all my pickled fish in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody came into the roof. No one dug under the walls. I don't get it. So this merchant forced a servant of his to stay up all night. And it was a full moon. Uh-oh. The servant <laughs> then... In the middle of the night, is startled to see an octopus climb out of the toilet, and scared him. It scared him with fear. So he was so frozen was he that uh, he just watched as the octopus greedily gobbled up that succulent of all of all foods, toilet uh, fish. St- <laughs> and in the morning, told the story. There's a. It turns out somebody's been eating your fish. It's been this octopus climbs out of the toilet. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Nobody believes him. Some people, though, sort of like take up their arms. They're thirsty for battle. We will slay this beast. And so that night, they all stay up together to wait for the toilet creature to return. And when it returned, they killed it. (laughs) They basically just killed it. It says, like, they slashed at its tentacles (laughs) and cut it down. They the beast. Exactly. Um, but the, the whole story ends with, uh, this line. The strange thing was that the merchants hunted the fish on land. Oh, meaning the merchants who stayed up late hunted uh-huh. an octopus on land. And that is strange. I think that's what they're trying to say. The strange that's thing was that the, the merchants. strange thing? <laughs> Good point. Um, but I mean, it... it's a strange thing within the story, but the octopus came out of the toilet after feasting on duty. I, think, I feel like that's strange. Hold on. He was eating fish. Let, let's, let's not <laughs> besmirch this poor octopus's name. Wait, I'm confused. I Because I assumed now that the fish lured him to the loo, but... No, 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 no. 
He snaked his way into the home via the toilet bowl. He came out of the toilet, ate food. It's as if I snuck into your house through the toilet, climbed out, ate a bunch of food in your kitchen, and then escaped back through the toilet. And you're like, well, the, okay, the, I understand that. The house I was locked. That... I took away Will's key. <laughs> How did he get So here? he went through the sewer system. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I. so I understood all that, but I thought that in addition, while in the toilet, he was also eating from there. Uh, you added that yourself, bro. <laughs> That's your invention. Don't pin that on Ielian or whatever his name was. He didn't write that. But he did My apologies write, to Ielian. He did write the final line. Mischief and craft plainly seem to us to be characteristic of this animal. Mischief and craft, which it's appropriate that it's an octopus, which comes from outer space, if you've listened yes. to Guide to the Unknown, episode 31. It is yes, it's true. itself a sort of alien, unknowable creature. So They're hugely mischievous. That is essentially the extent of the Dread Central article, but it, it kicked off a whole investigation. Because my first thought on reading this story, um, granted it was unfounded, was that, you know, one of the things that I have paid attention to as horror has grown and evolved over the course of hundreds of years is that anytime there's new technology, one of the ways that people uh, uh, come to like understand it or make sense of it is by explaining what scares them about it. Mm -hmm. So literally think, you know, I'm I'm thankfully able to uh, shoehorn a scream reference into this episode. The cell phone. I've got a few. Oh, do you really? I have a number. Wonderful. Number two. <laughs> Even better. So, mm-hmm. like, the cell phone came out, and yeah. it is sort of a, a, an incredible tool. It changed the world. It also meant that people could call you, and you didn't know where they were. It used to be you'd get a phone call. If I called you, Kristen, you'd be like, oh, thank God. Now I know that Will's at his house because yeah. he's gone a landline. Once the cell yeah, phone you- comes out, if I call you, I could be anywhere. Yeah. So you create a horror story about that fear, sort of to manifest it and deal with it. It made me wonder if this story of the toilet octopus was like, was the in-home toilet new technology at the time? And so it created in some people concerns and worries, and this is part of the way that they, you know, dealt with that sort of fear? I think that that could absolutely be because I think it's kind of natural when something is new to jump to the worst case scenario in your head to hopefully reverse engineer from there and prevent that that worst case scenario. That's what I thought. And that kind of thinking leads to a lot of cool horror things because then you can think, well, what if we didn't prevent the worst case scenario and it happens? Like that's a premise for a good story. So apply that logic to technology of the day. Like a toilet, one of the worst case scenarios would be like, okay, now we have this system of underground tubing and stuff like that mm-hmm. what if something came up through it and like wreaked havoc in our home and that might be taking food and stuff so i think that is a great thesis for how this came about this story and it's a good observation about what a toilet is um mm-hmm. aside from its like obvious <laughs> functional so use stupid. hey listen it's true <laughs> can't believe this sentence is our show and it's a good observation about what a toilet is <laughs> but what a toilet is there's a whole thing in the parts of the caribbean where he's like yes of course a ship is you know nothing but like the wood the sails that's what a ship is made of but what a ship is what it really is is freedom so this yeah. porcelain this 
seat the tank. That's what a toilet's made of. But what a toilet is, is a vessel for an octopus to sneak into your home and eat your pickled fish at night. So, but like really, the observation of like, well, now we've got this thing. It's a sanitary object that we keep in our home um, that's supposed to improve our lives. But hey, it's also a conduit to the outside world, meaning yes. that it's a way that the outside world can come in at us. It's a great right. observation. It is kind of something that, especially the modern day people don't think of. But if this was brand new, of course you would. So I dug into some yeah. toilet history and I got some of the following. Excellent. This is from smithsonianmagazine.com. Smithsonianmag.com. Mm-hmm. Um, during the 11th century castle building boom, chamber pots were supplemented with toilets that were, for the first time, integrated into the architecture of the home. Mm. They have a diagram. I'm going to have all the links to this stuff in the notes as usual. They have a diagram where essentially like, you could be five stories up, and they've built a bathroom, and it's on the exterior wall. You go in there, and they've just dug a pit that goes five stories down to the ground. And so, wow. they, uh, isn't that incredible though? Because you wouldn't be able yeah. to flush. You wouldn't be able to have like, you know, yeah, plumbing right. or anything. So it's literally just a five story right. tall pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they called these rooms garter robes. Garter robes. Okay. The name garter robes translates as literally guarding one's robes. It's a term that's been used for closets that you would keep your clothes in. And it seems that, you know, we refer to a bathroom sometimes as a water closet or early, you know, early people did, whatever. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of interesting to me that closet has really stuck around with bathrooms. But here's another weird interpretation. It's thought that using that bathroom or calling that bathroom a garter robe could also come from the fact that people would hang their clothes in the toilet shaft as the ammonia would kill the fleas. Oh my God. But like, what are you attaching to those clothes in its place? I don't know. But also the, the complete natural reference to the fleas. Yeah, right. Just casually, like the fleas that you know are all over everything. The implication is just that, yeah, everything's covered in fleas 100% of the time, so you may as well hang your clothes in the bathroom, <laughs> which is just... Right, may as well, like, <laughs> double duty it and just, like, A put... different kind of horror story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, you're, that, that ammonia's going to work. They also add this, though it might be named for a closet, the garter robe actually had a strong resemblance to an aspect of Castle's defenses. Uh, It works through gravity. While the garter robe was uh, a weak spot in the castle's defenses, you know, it's just a thin wall in a pit. And your defenses are extra low when you're in there. (laughs) You're totally right. You're at your most vulnerable. They say, woe be the unassuming invader scaling a castle wall beneath one. I mean, they're absolutely right. Right? That keeps people away from uh, crawling into your home, into your castle. That's totally true. That's a, It's a unique alarm system right. that we don't utilize today, and maybe we should. But we got to go further back in time, because what I just told you is from the 11th century. Okay. The, the story of the toilet octopus is from way earlier. Mm-hmm. So I found yet more. This is from nature.com. Mm. Although studies of ancient latrines are no longer off limits, they do take a certain amount of fortitude. Quote, you have to have a strong sense of self and of humor to work on this topic because one who works on it is going to get ribbed by friends and enemies, says archaeologist Anne Koloski-Ostro. 
She got started on the topic nearly a quarter of a century ago when classicist Nicholas Horsfall called her over in the library at the American Academy in Rome. Latrines. Roman latrines, he whispered conspiratorially. Was he on his deathbed when he did this? <laughs> According to your impression? They were his final words. Was this guy okay? <laughs> it was the last thing he ever said in the earthly realm. Also, this lady who's saying like you have to have like a strong constitution, or her name is Koloski something. Yeah. Do you think she's saying that because somebody teased her and called her Kolosti? Like Kolostomy bag? Do you think that that's what happened? Probably. Well, if they didn't say that before, they do now. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to put that out there into the ether, Anne, but you seem tough. You can take it. To work in this field, you gotta be. You just handed the bullies some ammo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, this, this other person goes, latrines, Roman latrines, no one has done them properly. She took up that challenge and now says... I am widely known on my campus as the Queen of Latrines. Okay. So You know what? Worst titles. So here's the thing. In this article, because I just wanted to know when was the toilet invented, essentially. I wanted to know the toilet was a new thing. But I got so much more than I bargained for. Um, I <laughs> you bit always off, do with a toilet. It's totally true. I bit off exactly as much as I could chew, mm. which is a, not an, a frequently used phrase. About to say, I feel like in, in conjunction with this is not the best. Go on. <laughs> so, Koloski Ostrow uh, points out that Kolosti, Kolosti Ostrom, Kolosti Ost, wait, Kolostomy, Kolosti, uh, Kolostria, doesn't, doesn't matter, Kolostriosity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> points out that latrines provide a window onto the beliefs of society. Romans perceived demons everywhere, and some Roman literature refers to ones that lurked in toilets, saying, quote, the demons can cast a spell on you, and when you have this spell, you die or get sick. And then they refer to the octopus story in this article. I, they just referred to this the story that I read to you before. Ah. The octopus story is probably apocryphal, but rodents, insects, and other creatures could have lurked in toilets and invaded homes. And excrement-filled water could have flowed upwards during flooding. So there was cause with early toilets to be really concerned about them. And animals from the outside world did come into your home through them. So the, the horror you know, story has a basis in truth for sure. And also, isn't there an urban legend about like baby alligators coming up through toilets or something like that? Am I nuts? You're not nuts. The, the urban legend about the toilet alligators is that people would keep baby alligators as pets. But when they uh -huh. started to get too big, they would flush them down the toilets because they couldn't handle it. That's what it is. And so everybody assumed that those alligators would die in the sewers. But no, the urban legend claims that they thrived down there and now there are right. fully grown gators living under our cities. That's right. That's right. That is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So Colostriostromy also <laughs> points out one of our favorite pieces of mythology kind of happened in the bathroom too. Explosive gases might have been a problem. Quote. Ah, will the wisps. Love it. Yeah. You might walk in and actually see a flame burst out of one of these holes because of the methanic gases that built up in the sewer underneath the toilet. Um, nice. This pervasive fear of toilets could explain why, uh, could explain the mystery of why there's less graffiti inside public latrines than in the rest of the Roman world. Nobody wanted to spend more time there than necessary. The same fear could also explain why many latrines have small shrines to the goddess Fortuna. Um, huh. Jansen argues 
uh, uh, this is another archaeologist. Jansen argues that she was thought, Fortuna, was thought to protect toilet users from illness-causing demons. Oh, my. Interesting. Yeah. So there was a whole, like, fear around the toilet. Yeah. Vulnerability yeah. and opening yourself up to the elements, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, quick sidebar before I get into pop culture. Um Fortuna, I looked into her a little bit. She was a goddess of fortune and the personification of luck. She could mm-hmm. also bring bad luck. It was uh, it was sort of uh, a spin of the wheel. It was literally part of the wheel of fortune. Hmm. This is where the term wheel of fortune comes from. That's why the show is named Wheel of Fortune. You spin the wheel, you get what you get. It's because of Fortuna, who was also like in statue form protecting Roman toilets. How crazy is that? Cool. Isn't that nuts? That is crazy. Thank you, Fortuna. Thank you, Fortuna. How, fortu- <laughs> how fortuitous. We're saying it weird. Fortuna. 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 I don't know. Whatever. All right. So, scary toilets and other stuff. Yeah. Um, this is all sort of driving to some urban legends. So, I've got a couple of video game series that do a lot with the humble toilet. A lot in the toilet space? They, You know what? They're really active in the toilet space. <laughs> The Silent Hill franchise, which I uh, sadly have not played much of, um, but am conceptually a gigantic fan. The Silent Hill mm-hmm. games all focus around a you know a fictional town called Silent Hill, where the fog is heavy and your you know the worst demons of your personal psyche are brought to life. So in Silent Hill One. Occasionally, toilets would yield unexpected surprises, especially for those who have no qualms with sticking their arms inside them, regardless of their contents. Mm. So there's stuff in toilets in Silent Hill. In the game, I mean, no risk, no reward. Exactly. Only the brave get the goods. (laughs) That's right. Get the good stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Moving on. In the game Silent Hill 2, the main character, James Sunderland, can stick his arm down a toilet and attempts to fish out uh, a wallet that is inside. Okay. So then that is referenced in Silent Hill 3, where the main character, Heather Mason, frequents numerous toilets. In one scenario, she starts to remove something that is blocking the toilet, and then stops and says, forget it. This is way too gross. Then she (laughs) looks at the player. She breaks the fourth wall and looks at the player and says... Who would even think of doing something so disgusting? <laughs> what? I, I don't totally understand. Are you supposed to like know somebody in the game who would do something that disgusting? You're like, yes, of course, it's Jason. Kind or of. Or whatever. Kind of. So Silent Hill 3, she'll say, who would ever stick their hand in a toilet? But you can only see that little joke if mm-hmm. your game system has a save file for Silent Hill 2 on it. So in Silent Hill 2, a guy actually reached into the toilet. So they put an Easter egg in Silent Hill 3 where somebody goes, who would ever do that? But only the portion of the population who saw the first thing will get the second thing. That's fun. Which is pretty cool. There's also a possible toilet ghost in Silent Hill 3. Hmm. Another sort of optional thing. You wouldn't necessarily see this unless you did this correct series of events. Um, There's a public bathroom that you're in. And if you make the character knock on the door mm-hmm. of the last bathroom stall, the fourth bathroom stall, someone inside will knock back at you. And so the character will just assume that somebody is in there. Occupado, you might say. Right, occupado. If you do it two more times, though, knock, 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 when you turn to walk away, the door to that stall will open, oh. revealing 
a toilet soaked in blood. Ooh. If you then examine the toilet, your character will wonder out loud, is this all in my imagination? Am I imagining this? Huh. That's cool. Just a spooky, yeah. spooky weird thing. Then, 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 in the Legend of Zelda game franchise, there are three toilet monsters. <laughs> okay. A holy trinity <laughs> of toilet creatures. The first comes in the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, uh, where you can find a public bathroom. And at midnight, if you visit this bathroom, a sickly green hand will be reaching out of the bowl. Wait, real quick. Yeah. What does a public bathroom in the land of Zelda look like? I think it just looks like a bathroom. It's like a bathroom in like an inn. In like a... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's just like a bathroom in the hall. Yeah. So if you if you walk up to it, you can initiate a conversation. Mm-hmm. The character is known only as question mark, question mark, question mark. Mm. Made of mystery. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to him, uh, he will let out an audible moan before asking oh. before asking for paper. Here's the thing: <laughs> <laughs> the only paper that you can give that you can find in the game are title deeds for property, uh-huh. uh huh, a love letter from Anju to Coffee, okay, or a letter from Coffee to Mama. <laughs> if you give the toilet hand any of these pieces of paper uh question mark question mark question mark will withdraw into the toilet and then state his relief uh finally giving link a piece of heart which is one of the big collectibles of the game so you've done it you gave it paper okay but you've traded something that seems like a big deal in order to do so is that piece of heart worth it is the question exactly you gave over the title deed to your house (laughs) that's a big deal toilet goes (laughs) yeah it's a trade yeah then in the Oracle of Ages game, it's basically the same thing. There's a hole in the ground, a hand is reaching out, and it's named question mark, question mark, question mark, and it wants paper. Um, this time, it's mandatory. You, It's part of a big trading quest where like, you gave this to that person, so they give you something in return. You give that to someone else, and so on and so on and so on. So yeah. at a certain point, you get paper, you give it to the hand in the hole, and you get a new item in return referred to in the game only as stink bag. <laughs> What do you do with that? You give it to somebody is it else. A weapon? I think you give it to somebody whose nose is stuffed, and it clears. Are you serious? Around. I'm serious. Um, um, Ew. Sidebar: This is uh, technically this is my favorite uh, video game franchise ever made. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. That's very rude to the person whose nose is stuffed. I think it was helping them. They they needed to clear their sinuses. I assume, but like, if that's the first thing you've smelled in a while, it has to be that. Can't can't we have smelling salts or whatever? Can't you just be Stink happy bag. that they get to smell it all? I guess. I guess. I guess whatever you smell next is going to smell like amazing in comparison. Sure. So who knows? Um, Fine. Also, an optional thing: you can throw a pot into that hole, mm-hmm. and the the thing inside will just go no. <laughs> you just seal it in forever. <laughs> exactly. All right. Then the last <laughs> toilet hand in Zelda comes from the Legend of Zelda: The Skyward Sword, and it's a whole it's a whole shlemiel. So you live in like a little academy, uh, and at night. As you're walking around, you hear a ghostly voice call out from the bathroom, and they actually have ghost audio. I'm going to have a video of this in the the show notes. You can watch this YouTube video. Like a voice going like, and it says, somebody, somebody, please help me. And it turns out to be a ghost who's in the toilet who needs paper. (laughs) Of course. 
I think it's really funny too that in these worlds that are like I don't really know anything about the Legend of Zelda but like magical worlds the ghosts don't need something magical they need toilet paper yeah I mean it's definitely like a very blue joke that I guess they enjoyed enough to put it in three games you know right right but it's it's funny that it's not like I need you to release me from this stall or something I don't even know what but it's that I need toilet paper is kind of amazing yeah true so the next day uh, if you talk to this guy named Colin, um, he mm. asks for a favor. He wants you to help him by delivering a love letter he wrote to his crush. Uh-oh. When he goes, like, can you made deliver? Made paper, I'll bet. Yeah, oh, it's made out of paper. When he goes, hey, would you deliver this love letter? Link quickly side-eyes over to the bathroom, and Colin notices, saying, hey, you will not, under any circumstances, ever allow it to be used <laughs> as toilet paper. Do you hear me? Colin knows the deal. Now, at night again, this, the ghost only appears at night. You can go right back to that bathroom and you can absolutely give that ghost that love letter. And uh, Just totally screw over Colin. The ghost says that uh, she will use it with care, adding, but I'm shy, so don't ask me what I want the paper for. May, me, may we meet again, you kind soul. <laughs> okay. The next day, the next day, Colin asks, like, hey, did you deliver that love letter? And when you reveal that you did not and you gave it to that ghost, he goes, seriously? You gave it to that creep in the restroom? Really? You gave it to that restroom weirdo? Didn't I specifically tell you not to give it to the weirdo in the restroom? Seriously, I said it like five times. I know I did. This is in the game. This is in the game. (laughs) They had a great time making this part. Finally, at night again, if you go to Colin's room now, he's asleep, but you will see the ghost hand caressing his face. Oh my God, they loved it. And when it sees you, it says, oh, it's good to see you again. Actually, thanks to you, I met my true love. Yes, him. It all started with that letter that you gave me. Those beautiful words of affection caused me to fall hopelessly in love. Ah, but my heart is bursting with thoughts of him. I feel so excited, so cheerful, so full of life. And lastly, if you happen to talk to Colin during the day again, his life has been ruined. He says, ever since you botched that thing with the letter, I've been having nightmares and I can't get any sleep. It's just one thing after another. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Completely ruined his life by giving that toilet love letter to a ghost. (laughs) That's amazing. Also, I guess from that you gather that the ghost read it, but then also used it. I know. Because like they're out, they're out and about now. I know. It's very interesting. I don't quite know what happened in there. <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So um <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto, one of the creators of the franchise, uh, has commented on the question mark, question mark, question mark, ghost hand toilet stuff. Um, mm. and he said that uh those creatures are based on Japanese ghost stories where a hand emerges from within a toilet and grabs the person sitting on it. Miyamoto claimed that these stories are very scary. Enter hmm. the the very short Japanese urban legends about toilet ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with the lesser known. Um, Akamanto, also known as Red Cloak, Red Cape, or Red Vest. This is a ghost which haunts public bathrooms or school bathrooms. It wears a mask to hide its face, and it is wearing a flowing red cloak. It will appear to a person sitting on a toilet and ask them if they want red paper or blue paper. I think oh. I think the Matrix ripped this off. Sidebar. 
Oh, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. When Morpheus offered Mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves red toilet paper or blue toilet paper. Exactly. And Keanu Reeves' very long, like, latex coat is clearly a reference to the long cloak Mm -hmm. that this thing was wearing. Yes. And he's been, like, staying up sleepless nights trying to track down Morpheus so that he could be asked Mm -hmm. this very important question about the toilet paper. Anyway. Yes. So if the person chooses red toilet paper, the uh, Akamanto will start slicing them and flaying the skin off their body, soaking their dead body in their own blood. If they choose the blue toilet paper, they might be either strangled to death, turning them blue, or the Akamanto will drain their body of all their blood, turning them blue. If the person tries to outsmart the Akamanto by asking for a different color, the Akamanto will get angry and drag them to hell. Some versions of the story say that if you ask for yellow paper, the Akamanto will jam your head into the toilet. The only way to win is to ignore the spirit, quote, or replying that one does not prefer either kind of paper. This is said to make the spirit go away. Yeah, because it's like, ew, what's your problem? You're not going to wipe? Yes. So I guess if you just like give it a wiggle and a jiggle and then zip up, this ghost will leave you alone. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That joke was bluer than the Akabanto's toilet paper. (laughs) The wiggle and jiggle? Yeah, the wiggle and jiggle. Why? I don't want to get into it or explain it. <laughs> I don't think it's particularly blue. Anyway, the only way to win against the Akamanto is to reject his hypothesis. Yeah. Um, hmm. All right. And then the big guns. Ha- Hanako-san. This is huge. Yes. This is a gigantic Japanese urban legend. Yes. Michelle on our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. Shouted out Hanako-san oh, awesome. on our Tuesday Clues Day post where I hinted that we'd be covering toilet things this week. Perfect. So kudos, Michelle. It's such an awesome story. So Hanako-san is the spirit of a young girl who haunts school bathrooms. And uh, the details of her physical appearance vary across different sources. It's an urban legend. It varies by the telling. Um, But she is commonly described as having a bobbed haircut and as wearing a red skirt or dress. The detail of Hanako-san's origin also vary. In some versions, Hanako-san was a child who was murdered by a stranger or an abusive parent in a school bathroom. In other versions, she was a girl who committed suicide in a school bathroom. In still other versions, she was a child who lived during World War II and who was killed in an air raid while hiding in a school bathroom during a game of hide-and-seek. To summon Hanako-san, it is often said that individuals must enter a girl's bathroom, usually on the third floor of a school, knock three times on the third stall, and ask if Hanako-san is present. If Hanako-san is there, she will reply with some variation of, yes, I am. Depending on the story, the individual may then witness the appearance of a bloody or ghostly hand. The hand, or Hanako-san herself, may pull the individual into the toilet, which may lead to hell. Or, or, the individual might be eaten by a three-headed lizard. <laughs> oh, that's a big or. That's a big... That lizard really comes out of left field, I feel like. Big switcheroo on that one. Don't really know where yeah. that comes from. But stories of Hanako-san date back to the 1950s. Um, and so it's an old story. I mean, this is what 70 years ago um these days 1950s mm-hmm. 90 years ago nope 70 70 it's not 2040 you're right it go right ahead 
that's an important uh, <laughs> PSA. It is not the year 2040 right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know a lot of you think it is. Um, stories. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. So these days she's been in a ton of movies, such as a, 90, a 1995 Japanese film called Tori no Hanako-san, which is also known as Phantom of the Toilet. Ooh. And I'll leave it at that. I, that's a perfect place to leave it. I wish no I'd more. seen Phantom of the Toilet on Broadway twice instead of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> toilet of the Bathroom. Wait, Toilet, toilet of-, of the Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the Toilet of the Bathroom is here. <laughs> the Toilet of the Bathroom is such a not special title. Phantom of the Toilet has import. <laughs> Toilet of the bathroom is quite commonplace. Is like, you're just like, that's about right. That's about right. That's where it should be. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well done. Or are you intrigued because it seems so commonplace? You're like, what could this possibly be about? Oh, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah. Oh, as am I, young brother. This week's show is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. That's Better H-E-L-P. Through BetterHelp, you can speak to licensed counselors to get therapy in home. And if you go to BetterHelp.com slash pod, you can get 10% off your first month. I've been using BetterHelp. Willie's a therapy boy. Even during the week while I'm waiting for my next face-to-face conversation, I can jump into our ongoing chat and just type out what I've been dealing with today. So when you have those in-the-moment stressful situations, you can vent to your therapist, get it off your chest, but also when or if you schedule your dedicated appointment, they know what's been going on with you through the week so you don't have to just start fresh. Nobody even knows when you're doing it. So I've been chatting to my therapist doing this ad saying, I'm so sick of Chris. She's really getting on my nerves. I've had enough of her. Send. Such a coincidence. I've been chatting to my therapist being like, I can't stand this dude. Me done with him. Can we schedule our weekly appointment now? Go to betterhelp.com slash gttu pod. Now back to the show. But there you go. Your turn. Okay, great. So I'm going to start us off with just touching down very briefly on something that we covered all the way back in episode eight of the show, because Will brought up the uh, Violet Lady Spirit, also known as Zigu Shen, when he was talking about Ouija boards and how you could apparently use a Ouija board to contact her. And the way that she fits into this topic is that she's known, and I apologize, um, but by some traditions as the goddess of whores and toilets and so we talk about it a little bit more in that episode but the quick overview is that she was a concubine who got married but the primary wife of her husband was jealous of her so she forced her to live in a shed by the outhouse and eventually killed her and buried her by the toilet but the gods took pity on her and made her the spirit of latrines and patron of concubines giving her a bow and arrow to kill cruel wives it's such a loaded, crazy story. Yes. And it's fascinating. And it, it's it's mm-hmm. an interesting story about like, because this happens constantly about people who have been like done wrong, getting to right. come back as some sort of a vengeful spirit in a way. It's, it's such a, a crazy one. Right. Absolutely. So now let's talk about one of the most famous toilet ghosts. I think if you say toilet ghost, she might be what springs to mind. Moaning Myrtle Mm. from the Harry Potter series. So I'm not going to go too deeply into Harry Potter lore here. I wanted to stick to like the ghost element of her, which is inherently Harry Pottery, but there are lots of things I could say 
of that moaning Myrtle. Like she helped Harry figure out one of the clues for the Triwizard Tournament. But we don't really need to go into all those things on Guide to the Unknown. Yeah, we don't know what moaning need to know what like moaning Myrtle was like actually up to in the stories. The point is that she's a toilet ghost. That she's a toilet ghost. So she haunted the bathrooms at Hogwarts and she moved through the pipe system. So she could go to different bathrooms and different places. She'd even go out to the lake. Um, basically anything water-based seems like a mode of transportation for Myrtle. And the reason for this is that she died in the second floor girl's bathroom, which became known as Myrtle's bathroom because of that. So the way that she died was that she was killed by a basilisk, which is a giant snake that if you make eye contact with it, it kills you instantly. So, um, This I didn't know, and I think that this might be, this is from like the Harry Potter fandom wiki, which we have linked in the show notes. And some of this info that I'm going to tell you, I think must be from like J.K. Rowling's website and or Pottermore or people asking her questions on Twitter and her answering them. Because there's backstory here to morning, morning, (laughs) morning, moaning Myrtle (laughs) that I don't think came up in the books. Um, I I could be wrong, but I just wanted to mention that in case you guys are like, huh, what? That's one of the great crazy things about all the Pottermore stuff and the extended universe things that have happened. Like, because now they have like um, annotated editions of the books that add additional material. Oh my God, they do? I didn't know that. Oh, for sure. Like last week I mentioned some guy named Crispin Cronk from the extended (laughs) Harry. Like there's so much additional stuff that no one would have any reason to know. Right. And there was a time when we probably would have been considered gigantic Harry Potter fans who knew everything. Mm-hmm. Now we know like half of it because there are all these additional pieces of information yeah. like, flo- floating around out there. Right. There are like tons of addendums. So I think that this Moaning Myrtle stuff is very um, extra information heavy. So you can look into it a little bit more if you want. But I found out that not all ghosts in the Harry Potter world are forced to always inhabit the place that they died. Myrtle is a little bit different because she was in the bathroom in the first place. And we do know this from the books um, because she was hiding and crying in there because Olive Hornby was making fun of her glasses. That's right. And it ended up um, taking hours for anyone to find her body after the basilisk killed her. And she knows because, quote, she was waiting. She was waiting for somebody to find her body and freak out. And it took forever. And she was like pissed that nobody had missed her. So this kind of added to her bitterness about the entire situation. Like dying isn't enough. Nobody really noticed that I was even gone. And I was only in there in the first place because Olive Hornby was making fun of my glasses. So she was pissed at Olive Hornby. And she resolved to haunt her and torment her, following her around and reminding her that it was all her fault that she died. And she even interrupted Olive's brother's wedding with an outburst, reminding everybody about what Olive had done. Oh my gosh. So Moaning Myrtle became the Michael Scott of Olive Hornby's life. (laughs) (laughs) Inserting herself into every major event, making it about her. In a way, I, I'm, I don't know. In a bizarro world, Michael Scott, because Michael Scott makes it about him, but because he wants everybody to like him. I mean, she wants everybody to like her, but like she's mad and vengeful. If you added right. um, a, a healthy dose of vengeance to Michael Scott, she might be that kind True. of thing. But for sure, you'd be like, oh, we can't do anything without moaning Myrtle. Yeah, like constantly here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Olive had had it. So she went to the Ministry of Magic and told them about it. And they ruled that Myrtle had to stay at Hogwarts and leave Olive the hell alone. What? So that's why moaning Myrtle is always at Hogwarts. Oh, my God. She got Judge Judy. Yes. And this is her sense. She has to live in the U-Bend. Yes. 
Exactly. That is crazy. Don't pee on the Ministry Magic Ministry of Magic's leg and tell them it's raining. They're not going to buy it. I did not. I, I, that's crazy. I know. I, I'm telling you, I don't think that's in the book. It's like extra material. Sure. Hey, I straight up think that Moaning Myrtle uh, is a, a sort of a folkloric um, reference to or, you know, the child of a Hanako-san type story. Right? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They share so much of the same DNA. And like, like it, genuinely, J.K. Rowling seems to have for good or bad sometimes. But like she definitely has a handle on a lot of cultural references that you'd be surprised about. Like there are lots of things that reference other things in Harry Potter. You're like, wow, she's got really a wide berth of knowledge. So I have to think that Hanako-san was some sort of inspiration for Moaning Myrtle. I seriously half expected you to be like, yeah, Moaning Myrtle haunts the third floor bathroom. Like I wondered how close it's it would be. the second floor bathroom. Yeah. I know. I, I like lit on that when you said that about Hanako-san. I thought that was interesting that it's not the ground floor I don't know. By the way, the basilisk traveled through the pipes mm-hmm. to kill her, much like the octopus coming out of the toilet. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah, you're totally right. Just using the pipe system. It's Hanako-san plus the Eileen toilet beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. And she only came out. So the basilisk came out through the pipes or whatever and she heard Tom Riddle talking to it and she was mm. like why is there a boy in the girl's bathroom so she opened the stall that she was crying in and when she did that she locked eyes with the basilisk and died oh so crazy I know it's nuts so good man now I want to reread that I know I told you I'm going to reread them because they're like good yeah. comforting kind of fair for right now yeah so yeah so she has to live at Hogwarts and there are other ghosts who live in Hogwarts as well not in the toilets but fellow ghosts there there's Peeves who likes to pick on her just like everybody else liked to pick on her before so they do not get along and her relationship with nearly headless, headless Nick is unknown okay we're not sure they seem to be neutral about each other um so over time Myrtle like her personality is that she'll kind of help our heroes sometimes um when they come into the restroom because that bathroom is usually deserted because people know that it's Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. They're like, ugh, don't go there. She sucks. She's always crying. She's really annoying. And so then Harry Potter and his buds will go in there to like make a potion that they're not supposed to make. Draco Malfoy will go in there when he's agonizing over being a bad guy in the sixth book. And she and Draco have like a little bit of a relationship because he's crying and upset and she she's willing to listen to him. Um, so her bathroom inherently kind of draws like unsavory behavior in a way, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, she's a flirty little minx moaning Myrtle. She takes a shine to most guys who come across her path. And because she can move through the pipe system, that means she can also end up in the bathtub and in the bathtub, she tried to get a peek at the donks of both Harry Potter and Cedric Diggory when the <laughs> bubbles in their baths disappeared. I forgot about that. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. She goes like, it took Cedric ages to figure out the riddle. By the time he got it, nearly all the bubbles were gone. Yeah. And she's like, Ugh. Ugh. I know. It's so gross. Um, And I thought like. Now that Harry Potter is so inherent to culture and lexicons and everything, does anybody use Moaning Myrtle the same way they would use Debbie Downer? Oh, my God. You know, like, don't be a Moaning Myrtle. You're being such a Moaning Myrtle right now. Yeah. uh, No way. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Maybe if somebody made it their business to, like, practically live in the bathroom, I would. (laughs) 
<laughs> or they're just a no you could just be somebody who like cries all the time you've been in there for like three hours who do you think you are moaning myrtle you have really mean friends who are like Ugh, enough moaning myrtle i'm sorry you guys broke up <laughs> you know in uh in the wizarding world of harry potter at universal studios if you go to their bathrooms you hear moaning myrtle screaming and crying and i almost think it's literally to force you to not linger in there just like get in get out there's a public bathroom might be wise not to linger (laughs) do you have to (laughs) let it linger (laughs) i was being dumbledore do you know that oh yes i know okay um okay so i have some quick fun facts about moaning myrtle um apparently there's a myrtle tree like in real life that's not super dissimilar to a willow tree so a moaning myrtle is kind of like a weeping willow oh which I thought is cool. I had no idea. And myrtle is also the name of a flowering plant that's considered medicinal. And it's sometimes used, sometimes used in magical rituals, often Wicca. Wow. So kind of magic-y. Um, and then this is just kind of like, it was a bit of foreshadowing that I thought was kind of cool in Harry Potter. This is a little bit of a Harry Potter in dork joke. But um, in Chamber of Secrets, Ron, they see that Tom Riddle, who's Voldemort, must have gotten his special award for services to the school. Oh, excuse me. They see that he has a special award for services to the school. And Ron jokes like, oh, did he get that because he's the one who killed Myrtle? Mm. And then it turns out he was the one who killed Myrtle, basically. Yeah, that is cool. She was the first person who was ever killed by Lord Voldemort. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Who knew? Not his parents? Uh. No, I guess he did that when he was a little bit older because he came back to town. He was a handsome man about town. Right, exactly. He was like in kind of like, yeah, he was like kind of in different form then. So yeah, no, I think at school, he was like really tapping into his bad guy side and he got the basilisk, you know, he woke up the Chamber of Secrets and it killed Moaning Myrtle. Whoa, that's bonkos. So he was responsible. So so Voldemort created the Toilet Ghost. Yeah. Oh my God. Inventor of the Toilet Ghost. Father of the Toilet Ghost. Father of the Toilet Ghost, Lord Voldemort. (laughs) All right, so now let's move on to the toilet monsters of the movie Ghoulies. Something I've never seen, I knew nothing about. William, did you have you seen this before? I don't think I've seen the movie Ghoulies, but the Mm -hmm. cover art for it is pretty iconic at this point. I about to say, yeah, the posters are iconic. I remember seeing it on the shelves at Blockbuster Mm -hmm. uh, and always being kind of curious about it. But honestly, it seemed too stupid to actually pick up and take to the front desk to rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And in the modern era of streaming, I've got better things to do. So I've never (laughs) seen Ghoulies. Than to watch Ghoulies. But I'm very aware of the art of uh, like a little cretinous creature thing peeking out of a toilet that's on the that's the poster that's the movie poster yeah exactly it seems like kind of like a bobo knockoff version of gremlins Mm -hmm. um so it's a 1985 movie starring jack nance from twin peaks and other things and it's mariska hargitay's debut role what (laughs) Um, there there were other people in it but they really stood out to me and so i decided first for my introduction to it besides reading the cast to watch the trailer and go into it fresh the way that someone, you know, would who was witnessing it in real time, its release. Sure. So in the trailer, there's like a happening party going on at a mansion and someone suggests, hey, let's go down to the basement and do a ritual. So they go down to the basement, which seems fully equipped. And so at the time I said, this was not a casual suggestion. This ritual offer is definitely premeditated. And the dude does a ritual while everybody watches kind of bored and unimpressed and like not super into it. So they start to go upstairs. So they're just like, why are we doing this? Let's like go back up where the party is. And he's like, no, no, wait, I have to dismiss the spirit. And this guy with teeny weeny glasses goes, 
So do I. Where's your bathroom? Oh my God. That's in the trailer? Yes. Oh. The trailer is really weird. It seemed like you're just like thrown into like watching the movie. It's still only, you know, two minutes long or whatever, but it's not really a trailer where it's like, boom, 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 boom. I guess it is a little bit later, but they, they let you sink into it. Uh. So this seemed promising um, as far as that, that line's pretty good. But then ghoulies start popping up everywhere. They're like sitting down to dinner at like a long table in a mansion and they're like popping out of the turkey and like all this stuff. And it's very disgusting wet puppetry. Ew. Um, they do pop up in a toilet, but they're popping popping up all over. So as I'm watching this, I'm like, I don't think this is a very toilet centric story, unfortunately. I think this is probably just a good image for the posters and stuff because that's like the last place you want a ghoulie to pop up. So then I went to the Wikipedia for a little bit more information, and it turns out that here's a story of ghoulies way condensed, um, and not even the entire story, but just the premise. So the main character is this dude named Jonathan, whose father, Malcolm, was the leader of a satanic cult. He never knew his mother and father. And when his father dies, Jonathan inherits this mansion mansion from the father that he never knew and that's where that bitch and party goes down and that's why the basement was so tricked out like his mm. dad was a satanic cult leader and had all that stuff in the basement and so jonathan was like let's go play with it right um the ghoulies are little creatures who were conjured during the ritual and jonathan tells them not to show themselves to anyone but him and that he's their master but it appears they don't listen they cause all sorts of trouble popping out of food and even the toilet and so upon more research, I found out that the toilet wasn't even part of the movie originally. It's that the graphic designer for the poster came up with the idea of a ghoulie popping out of the toilet. It's like a good image. And they're like, ooh, that's gold. We definitely want that to be the image for everything. But now we have to write that into the movie. So they shot an additional scene of a ghoulie popping out of a toilet. Well, that's so like, crazy. So it like barely even happens and it's all born from being like, this is a good image that we want to be like our calling card for the ghoulies. I, you know what? I was about to make fun of it. The fact of the matter is that it worked because I know I know that movie as the movie where a monster is popping out of the toilet. Yes, absolutely. That's all I know about yeah, it. Me, I, me too. I knew nothing else about it. Um, Had you seen the artwork before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I didn't know anything about it. It looked disgusting. Uh, it oh, looks yeah. even more disgusting having watched the trailer. Ghoulies is not for me. Okay. Um, so there are at least two more Ghoulies movies, and they get the toilet tank into the mix in the poster for the second movie, which I see as, as an escalation of the Ghoulies. <laughs> um, so the, the tank and all is on the poster for Ghoulies 2, and then there are even hidden bathrooms on college campuses, and you can see this in the poster for Ghoulies ghoulies go to college not just ghoulies go to college it's ghoulies colon ghoulies go to college wow um you can check that out if you don't believe me the ghoulies are wearing caps and gowns popping out of the tank and the bowl oh so they stuck with toilet all the way all the way through they were like this is a winning formula and i haven't seen if this is like super up-to-date news but jordan peele is said to be making a ghoulies movie oh my god yeah how do you how do you make like a culturally relevant ghoulies movie? I don't know. I'm going to be totally honest with you and everybody. I meant to look that up and I forgot. But I remember I came across so you it. You can't source that information is what you're saying. Well, I think when you Google ghoulies, that's like one of the first things that comes up right now. 
I'll look right now, real quick. Oh, God. Uh, like Jordan Peele has made movies that you can like that are arguably important. Films. I know it seems like a real pivot, but also he's um you know he's directed and written movies that are like important films, but he's produced mm-hmm. some things that are like I don't know if they're good or bad, but they're not Get Out or Us. So maybe it's one of these things, right? Okay. From November 27th, 2019, Jordan Peele to helm Black Ghoulies for Netflix next Thanksgiving. Wow. So. Ghoulies popping out of a turkey. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, well, I think they pop out of a turkey in the original Ghoulies. Oh, yeah. You did mention that. Maybe that was so close to mind. (laughs) But still. All right. They pop out of the stuffing and the mashed potatoes. Uh, Sweet potatoes. All of it. Or they subvert. You expect them to pop out of the turkey, so they pop out of the cranberry sauce. Oh, my God, William, you sick bastard. (laughs) All right, so now we're going to finish things up with a famous horror toilets roundup. So these are times toilets have appeared in horror movies that we know and love, but they're kind of quick hits that are going to make you feel great. Little doses of adrenaline every flush. (laughs) So the movie Saw. Mm. In that movie, our main character, Adam wakes up chained to a pipe in a mysterious underground bathroom. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this movie and kind of know the deal. If not, I would super recommend it because the first saw is like completely different from all the saws that came after. It's not like the, um, what do you call that? Um, I don't know. Super gory torture porn. Yes. Thank you. It's not, it's not a torture porn thing. It's like, it's a, it's a little... It's almost like a crime thriller in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's really, really good. So anyway, the deal in this movie is that our main character, Adam, wakes up chained to a pipe in a mysterious underground bathroom. And following the clue from a tape recorder that's left for him and the other person in the room to, quote, follow your heart, he sees a heart drawn on a toilet tank and eerily plunges his hand into the dirty bowl, coming up with nothing. Then he searches the tank and he find and he finds his prize. Two hacksaws. He also goes, I wish I had looked there first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would you check the bowl first? I don't know. I guess I guess he was like, Oh, what is this stuff obscuring? And also it's disgusting yeah. and somebody's trying to torture me, so it must be this. True. That character is also played by Lee Wan L. Yep. Who just directed The Invisible Man. Correct. Yep. From Humble Beginnings. Yes, he's awesome. Digging through toilets mm-hmm. to digging through <laughs> box office gold. <laughs> That's right. Um, in the movie Psycho, it turns out that the very first ever toilet flush in a min- in an American movie takes place in this movie. Groundbreaking. Yeah, iconic. Iconic. Um, in the movie Candyman, which we just watched, we did like a live hangout watching Candyman, and you can find the video of us doing a live chat beforehand and immediately afterward on youtube.com slash talk bomb if you're interested in that. Um, there's a legend in Candyman that somebody, that the Candyman attacked a child, cut off a body part, and threw it into a toilet. And then let's hit Scream. Lots of toilet references in the Scream movies. Um, I don't know if there's a toilet reference in Scream 4. There may be, but definitely in 1, 2, 3. Lots of toilet toilet action. So Sydney seeks refuge in a stall in the first movie, but when she's in there, she overhears classmates talking smack about her. That stinks. And then also, Ghostface, or somebody dressed like Ghostface, comes out of another stall in the bathroom once she finally makes her way out and she's looking at herself in the mirror, kind of give herself a little boost, and um, attacks her and she gets away. Thank God. In the second screen movie, Omar Epps goes into a stall, which 
I said, this doesn't matter. Why did I write this? Well, why'd you write? What'd you write? <laughs> this doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I guess I already have a, a joke reputation as a, a poopy girl. Oh, I can't wait. I wrote unorthodox for a P. Did he have to poop? <laughs> why did you write that? That was just like a little aside for yourself. Just a yeah, it's in, curiosity. It's in parentheses. Ask Kevin Williamson on Twitter. <laughs> Do you want to know the real reason, by the way? Yeah. It's because when he walks into the bathroom, the two urinals are taken by two ghost faces. Oh, that's right. And they're wearing they're wearing ghost That's right. They are. That's right. Duh. They're wearing ghost All right. Well, I guess there's no need to ask. All right. Well, anyway. Um, so when he's in there, he hears like creepy whispering in the stall next to him. So he puts his ear to the star, stall, stall wall and he gets a knife to the ear and gets killed. Mm-hmm. Then in the third movie, the actress who's playing Sydney in the stab movie within the third movie, whose name is Angelina, her name within the thing, um, seems like she's eavesdropping on Sid from within a bathroom stall, and Sid catches her and slams it open. Yeah, that's right. Not only that, the bathroom set from Scream 3 is the exact same bathroom set from Scream 1. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a perfect, perfect match. I've got a toilet reference for Scream 4, by the way. Oh, what is it? If you'd like it. What do you at think? At the very end of the movie, at the very end of the movie, our villain takes Dewey out of the picture by slamming him over the head with... <gasps> oh, my God. A bedpan. You're right. So there are toilet references in mm-hmm. Scream 1, 2, 3. Well, no, no matter we... I mean, no wonder we love these movies. We got to see if it happens in the reboot. Oh, my God. I know. I hope that they honor their origins by bringing yeah. a toilet into the mix. Ghost is for Just Face. Ghost is for Just Face. Otherwise, I'm going to be pissed. By the way, for Scream, the bedpan is the cell phone of toilets. You can take it with you anywhere. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. You you would normally think that if somebody's going to the bathroom, you know where they are. <laughs> They're in the bathroom. But now all bets are off. They could be anywhere. And you don't know where. That's the worst case scenario for that technology. Mm -hmm. It's like in Scream 1 when they go, which door am I at? Right. They can go, which bowl am I at? Exactly. And it could could be anywhere because it's perfectly portable. Perfect in every way. Practically perfect in every way, just like Mary Poppins. Um, Okay. So the last two I'm going to reference aren't exactly horror movies, but they do have scary elements. In Jurassic Park. Someone hides from a T-Rex in a porta potty, but then the T-Rex just like fully eats the porta potty. Yeah, that's right. The last one. This is crazy. I know you'll remember this, but I don't know if all of our friends at home are going to know what we're talking about. The movie Look Who's Talking. Oh my God. There's a kid who's scared of the toilet because it comes alive at night and it you see it from his perspective, or is it real? We don't know. But you see him going to the bathroom and having a freak out because the toilet comes alive. It has like horrendous, adorable, like apple cheeks, this freaky face, hair on top of the toilet bowl that's blue and fuzzy, a blue fuzzy seat cover that kind of serves as a mustache for this thing that they apparently call Mr. Toilet Man. And so you can find a clip of this on YouTube. Uh, it's 32 seconds long. I. Uh, wrote a transcript of it i was hidden play pause play pause so i give you guys the right experience so just imagine like a gruff new yorky voice saying this to a child who's in the room being terrified this is so weird 
that this, those movies are insane. They're absolutely nuts, and this is one of the weirdest things in them. Like there are how I think there's at least a how did this get made episode about look how, who's talking to. I don't know for sure if there's one about just straight up look who's talking. There may or may not be. Um, it's a podcast. They do have one about look who's talking now that Conan O'Brien is on. Oh, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. They, and it's fantastic. Yes, it is. But um, I do think that they did look who's talking too. Okay. I do think they did. Okay. I was thinking about look who's talking now, but um, I don't know whether they have just straight up look who's talking, but they have uh, at least Jason Manzoukas has a point of view on it that I totally agree with. It is who is this movie for? Is this for kids? Is it for adults? <laughs> like, what's going on? Because, like, a little too adult to be for kids. There's, like, lots of sex stuff. John Travolta and Kirstie Alley are, like, sexually obsessed with each other. But then it's, like, yeah. very childish. So it doesn't really feel like just a straight-up, like, comedy for adults. It's so weird. And I feel like this thing with the Mr. Toilet Man really lives in that in-between space that's confusing. So this thing says, hey, you, you little pisser, I'm talking to you. Hey, you're supposed to give me some pee-pee. Where's that pee-pee? I'm talking about pee-pee here. I need that pee-pee. Listen, I've had it with you. You better give me that pee-pee. Give it to me. Or the next time you sit at me, I'm going to bite off your tushy. Yes. Yes. Ha 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 ha. What the hell? Well, I think I know what I'm using as the cold open of the episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. Holy crap. What the hell? That is intense. It's <laughs> insane. He calls him pisser. Yes. It's a you, child. It's a child in a movie that's like kind of for children. He's like two years old. In the parlance <laughs> of how did this get made? Question mark. I know. It's so weird. I saw that movie a lot as a kid. A lot. Yeah. And not only, I used to get Mr. Toilet Man mixed up with the scary furnace from yes, Home Alone. They definitely live in the same space. Yeah. They're friends with each other. Mr. Uh -huh. Toilet Man and Kevin McAllister's furnace. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Toilet Man is a... <laughs> A terrible nickname to give like your neighbor you know like <laughs> <laughs> that's what the youtube clip was called i don't know if they i, I imagine that the kid calls him mr toilet man yeah, i guess or it yeah, could I have just, but for all i know the person who uploaded that just like called it that i'm really not sure real i didn't weird. go quite that deep into it it's real intense but so that yeah that is it for our toilet Bonanza. Our toilet extravaganza. Our toilet explosion. We should have been wearing, like, I should have been in a tuxedo. You should have been in, like, a gown. <laughs> Something <laughs> very elegant. Absolutely. This has You're been right. uh, 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 wonderful. I'm sad that it's over. I am, too. I know. How are we going to top this for, like, stupid, fun topics? I know. We'll, find, we'll figure it out. I Maybe know. not top, but we'll keep it rolling. When the times get tough, we get stupid. <laughs> this oh, has been very yeah. enjoyable. <laughs> very... Very therapeutic. Yeah, I hope so. We're healing the world. <laughs> Kristen, <laughs> we're saving the world. Um, well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Guide to the Unknown. If you haven't already, please subscribe so that you can stay in our spooky universe. This show comes out every Friday on all major podcast apps. You can watch us on YouTube.com slash TalkBomb. Every Wednesday night, we record this show live in front of our audience. So you can be in the chat talking with other listeners and viewers, talking back to us um there's even a facebook group if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash gttu pod where you can chat with other people and post stuff um really anything you want 
Um, If you've enjoyed what you heard, please also consider going to patreon.com slash gttupod. If you back us on the Netherworld Warrior level that is starting at $4, you're going to get access to at least a dozen bonus shows available right now and more to come. Um, we've got commentaries for Scream 1 and 2 up there. We've got a bu- bunch of bonus episodes of a podcast that's Patreon exclusive called The Netherworld Dispatch, where Kristen and I talk about uh, horror movies that are brand new. We've watched uh, YouTube videos of uh, you know scary music videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we get real weird on Patreon, so definitely check that out. Yeah, we do a weekly post that's a tease about what's to come on the show. We drop just random, I, I guess I would say blog-esque posts over there. Um, it's it's really, really fun, so check it out. I really love it. Yeah, the Patreon for Guide to the Unknown slaps. Yeah, it's um, a slap. You can also go to tpublic.com slash user slash pod where you can get Guide to the Unknown merch. You can be wearing the logo on shirts. You can get some buttons and stick them to stuff. You can drink out of a mug. <laughs> uh, and there's going to be more to come there, too. So definitely add that to your favorites bar on Netscape Navigator. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you follow at pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with what we're doing throughout the week. And you can even follow Kristen and myself individually. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram and Twitter. And I am the Myth Traveler. So we will be back next week for more terrifying toilet tales? Probably not. Maybe not. But we are going to tank up on terror. (laughs) So make sure you come back next time, everybody. And until we see you then, (laughs) we must travel. I'm nailing it. I'm nailing it. Back to... Stick the landing! Stick the landing! Back to the netherworld, go we. (laughs) We did it! We did it beautifully. <laughs> How amazing is it that we got to literally like the last few seconds? <laughs> I know.